Hey guys, this is John with Chris. I'm Chris. Uh, bringing you, <laughs> hey Chris, uh, bringing you another movie fix. This time we are talking Falcon and Winter Soldier episode one. Uh, just premiered a few days ago. Um, I put it on right before we started recording just to get a little refresher. I got like, I thought I had a half hour. I, I had like 15 minutes, so I watched like 15 minutes of it. But the um, first 15 minutes of it's fantastic. I mean, it's all fan- yeah, it's all I fantastic, kinda, but... I skipped ahead towards the end of the chase because I wanted to get more of the character stuff going to, to be able to speak to that a little bit. A little bit better um but yeah so this is episode one did the episode one have a title um Hasi, i don't think it did but i could just not be right on that um, let's take a look i don't know because i know like wandavision all had episode titles but that also just kind of factors into the fact that they were based you... off of sitcoms and sitcoms always have the like episode titles new, for each one. New World Order. Thank you. Uh, and this is a show that is bringing you Anthony Mackie back as Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan back as Bucky Barnes, introducing Wyatt Russell as John Walker, the USA agent, and a list of other people. Uh, Daniel Bruhl uh, coming back as Zemo. Emily Van Camp, Sharon Carter. Yeah. We get uh, Don Cheadle reprising oh, okay. his role. Okay, I'm, I'm of looking forward to talking James about Rhodes. this. Um, yeah, and I mean, do we just want to get into it, or do you, like the episode? It's what four months after the blip, mm-hmm. five months after the blip, um, where everyone's come back, not disappeared, and you see Winter Soldier and Falcon and what they're doing. Falcon is working for the Air Force, um, helping them save people or things that are suited more for him. And the Winter Soldier has gotten a pardon and is working with the U.S. government to track down and find people that are on his list that hired him or had something to do with him being the Winter Soldier. And he's in... uh, court-ordered therapy with that and how their lives are right now falcon um trying to save his family's business and winter soldier trying to get back into the world but also having great remorse um in that yeah i love that we do get to see both of these characters kind of in their superhero mode, whether it's the flashback with Bucky as the Winter Soldier taking out um, Hydra targets, or at the beginning with Falcon working with the Air Force to take out Batroc the Leaper again, which I was like, oh cool, this dude's back. Uh, And I really thought they were going to kill him off, but he he gets out of that plane okay, so we'll see, or helicopter okay, so we'll see if he comes back again, because I think it's great to have those recurring, like, small villains, just like you do in the comics. Uh, but I like seeing them do their superhero thing while at the same time getting more of that slice of life thing from each one of them because that's the kind of thing that they can't focus on in the movie. If we had gone to see something like Endgame or Infinity War and it's Sam Wilson kicking around on his parents' like fishing boat, that would have been time taken out of an already 
long movie that a lot of stuff's happening in. Like Avengers uh, Age of Ultron when you get Hawkeye down yeah. on the farm. It's it's nice to see that stuff, but these movies, they have to just keep moving. And having them be able to focus on this kind of stuff in the TV show actually flesh out these characters more as people, not just superheroes, I think is absolutely fantastic. And I didn't want to try to play favorites coming into the show because both of them are fantastic. Falcon and Winter Soldier, all the way. Like, There's no top billing when it comes to either one of them. And they both have very interesting stories, but after this first episode, seeing Bucky try to make amends for everything that he did, and just, like you said, that remorse that he's feeling for it. Um, I originally thought him palling around with that uh, old man like going out for dinner was someone that he might have known from his earlier years. Like, it's someone that he knew he grew up with, or like an old army buddy. But then finding out at the end that that was actually the father of someone that was basically collateral damage in one of those Hydra missions is kind of gut-wrenching. Like, I don't want to see him have that confrontation with this old man that's basically one of his best friends now that Steve's gone. Uh, but I know we're probably going to be building towards that. And man, that's that's yeah, going to suck. Uh, that's definitely what I thought, especially since they had, they had such a good rapport between mm-hmm. the two. Um, and then, um, I don't, I can't see him here, but every young person I've been talking to has been like the guy that fights with the old man about the garbage and the garbage Mm -hmm. can, like he's a singer or something. So everyone's like, Oh, so-and-so is going to have something to come back. He's got to be like, why else would they put him in there? I'm like, probably because he was like, Hey, I'm a fan. Yeah, it's it's possible. Well, especially because that, that dude's not even named. (laughs) Like he's just got yeah. guy arguing about garbage number one. Exactly. And I was like, well, maybe he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent or something like that who's there to watch. And he wanted to have, there was a need for him to have an interaction with Winter Soldier, testing him to see if he would break or be violent or something like that. Like, I was like, that's the only thing I could think of that that would have any merit for that actor or that car- that person being that guy fighting about garbage, but I think also it was just a introduction to the old man and yeah. and Bucky. You know, like uh, I'm totally team Bucky and cute girl that works at the sushi restaurant. Though, like I hope she comes back because <laughs> I do like how they do touch on both the fact that you know uh, Sam and Bucky are trying to live these lives that they don't feel like they've earned or deserve. Um, like you said, the, the big villain in the beginning of this episode is basically the bank that won't give Sam a loan, even though he's he's plotted everything out. And like, oh, I know we qualify for this type of loan. It's like, mm, no. Like, we had a lot of people try to come back and say, like, hey, I've been gone for five years. I, I need a loan. And world's changed. Hey, can I take a selfie? Uh Bank, yeah. bank guy, kind of a dick, you know, but it it does lead just to those mundane moments of life where, no, you might struggle fighting, like, terrorists and supervillains, but, man, the, the war at home is just as hard sometimes. 
Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Like those moments, um, even just the therapy session with Bucky is he's just really doesn't want to give anything away. And it's not that he doesn't want to give anything away, but he doesn't want to like admit certain things. He doesn't want to admit that he's remembering about killing this guy. And is he remembering that specific one because he's become attached to that old man? You know, like, just certain things like that have really kind of hit, and um, I I said on the on one of the episodes that um, Anthony Mackie, that the Falcon, Sam Wilson, there was something missing when he was with his um, with his character for me. And I feel like he is missing a dynamic with somebody else. So I'm looking forward to him having those moments with the winter soldier in this of them teaming up. I don't think I, I said he does. He's missing charisma. It's not charisma that he's missing. There, there is a feeling of him, of it being off with him. And I think that's because he knows that there's something wrong. He knows that he should have kept the mantle and he, at the end of the episode when you get USA agent yes like he definitely feels now more than ever that he should have kept that mantle he should have kept that shield so I think this is going to be a really a show about him coming to terms with feeling like he earned that shield where maybe we'll have that moment where Bucky feels like he earned a life Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing, rewatching it, so after there's uh, like a memorial kind of service for Captain America and he gives the shield to the Smithsonian, Rhodes and him have this talk. I feel like Rhodes was sent there because he knows that they're going to put a Captain America in place and he's trying to get Sam to say that mm. he wants it because he is positioning himself and asking these questions of like why didn't you take the shield you know the world needs somebody the world needs a Captain America they need like a leader they need somebody to help show this and it was like it feels like he is continually trying to get Sam to say yes so then they can just go okay he can go back and be like we got him we don't need this new captain which i'm excited to see what they wind up doing uh with u.s agent and at the same time i was so excited to see roadie because this wasn't something that was publicized like with wandavision everyone was like oh man we're going to be getting big cameos this is taking place in the marvel universe and those kind of never happened like we we had the characters that we had and i think the show still worked great with that but seeing roadie at that, not memorial service, but like the handing off of the shield to the Smithsonian, it just kind of did give that weight because, yeah, if any of the other like Marvel superhero Avengers characters would be there, it feels right that it would be Rhodey. Um, not just because Rhodey's going to be playing a part in the Armor Wars show that we're going to be getting, <laughs> but like you were saying, it's Rhodey talking to him about stepping into that role and taking up that mantle because I think we're going to be seeing Rhodey go through those exact same steps when we do get to Armor Wars. Like, he's going to be 
the only person that can go after, you know, it's all supposition, but that stolen Star Tech. Like, it's going to be his responsibility because he's the person that Tony trusted with that suit. So it should be him. Yeah. If we get more roadie throughout the series, great. I love I love me some War Machine. Uh, I love me some Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think the moments that they share in stuff like Civil War and Infin- um, Infinity War are fantastic. And I'm looking forward to that buddy cop lethal weaponness from this show. Uh, kind of surprised we didn't see Sharon Carter at the beginning because it was already announced she's going to be in the show. She's featured in all of the trailers for it. So she might not be coming in until we actually get the reveal of Zemo as the big bad in this one. She might be on the case of him because we don't know what ever happened to him after Black Panther captured him at the end of Winter Soldier or Civil War. Yeah, I think we see him. Don't we see him in the he's, prison? Yeah, he's like locked up the in the like the containment center that they had Bucky in. But after that, like, um, yeah, and. The thing is, too, is he could have been in a certain base that half the people disappeared yeah. in, and he maybe took him a while before he could escape and lost a little bit of his mind. And I'm interested to see, I, my, from watching this episode, I think he's definitely going to be one of the big bads. But I think he used his knowledge of the Winter Soldier to possibly create a, a, a serum to give, like, we see a guy jump out of a window like it was nothing, kick a dude across the street. Like, he has Captain America-esque powers. Is that something that he either found more Winter Soldiers, activated them, have them there, or gave them Because I do think he's responsible for the creation of this kind of terrorist cell that we're seeing, the the Flag Smashers, which I'm blanking on his name, something Torres, the Air Force guy, uh, is like cluing Sam in on. Uh, so I do think he's kind of, and by he I mean Zemo's up to his old tricks with setting up someone else to be like the focus while he's operating behind the scenes with the Flag Smashers. Um, and maybe he's responsible for putting... USA agent in place. Maybe he groomed someone to become the next Captain America because he knew Steve was out of the picture. And, you know, he's using those old Hydra tricks where he's infiltrating and taking them out from the inside. Did the same kind of thing with the Avengers, with Civil War. He set everyone up, used their own doubts against them. Uh, it's just the first page and only page in his playbook, but it seems to work okay. Um... Wyatt Russell, I think, is a good pick for this character. He's relatively unknown. Uh, I've seen him in a couple movies where I thought he was really good. He was really good in that J.J. Abrams World War II horror movie, um, Overlord. I have not seen it. Uh, it. It's worth the watch. It's very Dune, uh, Castle Wolfenstein-esque. Okay. Uh, kind of a movie if they had named it Wolfenstein I think people would have probably would have seen it better or gone to see it um but I don't think that last shot of him in the Captain America suit I think they did it on purpose for him it's not a flattering pose 
He doesn't look stoic in it. It. Everybody says that he looks like um, the guy from mm-hmm. Up wearing the Captain America helmet. I'm not. He's not wrong. He doesn't look good in that. And I don't know if it was like they did it on purpose to have him not look good because you don't want to like. They don't want you to like him if it was just a bad shot. But I just feel like they could have done so much better for that actor because it's it's not well, a good i think shot they're also it. kind of setting him up maybe like captain america used to be where he was a propaganda tool more than anything else this might be the government saying like no you're gonna try to mess with us well guess what cap is back baby that's gonna be my new thing i'm gonna say it all the time um so maybe he's uh, i i don't know you not saying that maybe. We not not say it on the show, but we say it all the time. Uh, but he might just be, you know, another figurehead. That that's a possibility too. I did take note that when he walks out, he has a gun on his hip, so they're already kind of portraying yep. him as more of a a threat than Captain America, who is always kind of viewed more as a defender because he didn't have any weapons. I mean, yeah, we know he used guns in the war, but he Except- he just had the shield. This one seems... He did have a holster on him in World War II. Like, the first Avenger, he hmm. does have a sidearm um, on his belt, but once he came back and was Captain America, he didn't carry a gun on him. D- Defender um, versus an aggressor at that point. So, who knows? I mean, we literally see him for eight seconds at the end of the episode, just walking out, and then you just have those moments of Sam realizing like i i made a mistake because steve trusted him with that mantle he didn't feel ready for it or deserving of it and now it's just given to someone else who we can safely assume probably is less worthy of it and now it's going to be sam trying to deal with that yeah so uh before we wrap up i just want to say do you think this is a worthy successor to what we had in WandaVision based off the first episode. Do you think this is can continue that trend of strong Marvel cinematic showings on Disney Plus? Cause the it, yes. it looks great. I I mean I, it It looks great. I that opening feels like a movie. It feels like a movie opening. Um only six episodes. I, I think I mean based off the first episode, which was about forty minutes, we might be getting longer episodes and just fewer yeah. of them versus WandaVision which was about like 20 to 30 minute episodes but we got like yeah. what 8 8 I think yeah um yeah I'm I'm all for I think what Anthony Mackie said it's like getting two movies which I'm fine with um I also was talking to somebody that they were like oh I'm just going to wait till it all comes out and then I'll watch them how do you not have anything spoiled for you doing yeah. that? But I, Mandalorian did this, um, and Wanda, uh, WandaVision did this. Is I when I walked by and I heard him say that I was like, yeah, but you're missing out on the water yeah, you're missing out on that excitement of looking forward to the next episode. Um, and I have all these times where it'd be Thursday and I'm like, oh man, new Wanda. Ugh. No, it's Thursday. It's not Friday. Like, I get super excited and they'd be like, "No, nope, nope, I got another, <laughs> I got another day to go. I got another twenty four hours." 
Um, but I was like, I, I really enjoyed that. And also, trying not to have anything spoiled is tough. And I felt like I got, like, I listened to a podcast today that I listened to that were are talking the Snyder Cut. Um, and I was like, I've already had a bunch of stuff ruined because the internet. I'll listen to it because I want to see where they're at with it. And whether or not I really, like, I'm so on the fence whether or not I really want to or don't want to watch it. Because I didn't mind the first Justice League, so where does this rank with that? So, I just don't want, I don't want things spoiled for me. I'm very much the same way. Uh, Friday morning when Falcon and Winter Soldier came out, Yanni and I had gone out for breakfast with their mother and came back home, and I still had some time before I had to get ready for work, so I was like, do you do you want to watch it now just so we can see it? And I'm glad I watched it that day because it, it got me hyped up for the rest of my afternoon. Like, and then also not having to worry about having anything spoiled from it. Because, yeah, I, I'm i very much the same kind of person where I like having something to look forward to. I don't... I'll go see the Marvel movies first thing in the morning, so I don't have to duck or dodge anything online that evening and this right upside there like it's not going to be as mystery driven as WandaVision but just that excitement of seeing the next chapter I think is going to carry me through until we wind up getting Loki which is going to be the next series in June is it? yeah yeah, yeah it's at end of, end of May going into June I don't know, something like that um, but I mean, we do have uh, Scarlet, <laughs> Scarlet Witch, um, Black Widow, <laughs> Black Widow, Black Widow, uh, scheduled to come out in May in theaters. And um, there was just something recently I saw. Uh, not Bob Iger, who's the new uh, Bob Chapek, that he said. Um, I guess it's going to be, like, the week of, they'll make a decision whether they're going to do premiere access or just put it in theaters. They're going to just shoot from the hip and see how it goes uh, with it. I mean, so, if they put it out in theaters, I'm going to have to go. Like, we just, when we recorded the Ryan the Last Dragon episode, I was like, man, I still don't feel comfortable going to the movie theater. But if Black Widow comes out, I think that's going to be the one that makes me be like, yeah, I, I need to see this. I do too, but I think I'd pay for the premiere access. Oh, if it's available as premiere access, yeah, I'm there for it. But if it's put out in theaters and then they say it's in theaters, you know, this day coming out on Disney Plus two, three months later, and that's going to be the only way that I can see it, I don't think I would want to wait just because I don't want, again, I don't want anything spoiled from it. I want that excitement of watching it and then, you know, getting to talk to people about it. Yeah. I, I can see that. I probably still wouldn't go to the mm. theater. I'll, if I see it, I'll spoil it for you then. <laughs> Thank you. I, you can do a movie fix and I'll just sit here while you tell me about it. So, nope. Nope, Paul won't see it, so I'll just be me talking to myself. 